You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we're good, so welcome in. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, and he is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Denver Broncos in as many weeks have lost two players each time. Two starters, that is. Pardon me, to uh, injured reserve. The team made a few moves today to try and kind of counterman that, whatever. What can you tell fans about the guy they signed off this from outside the team? You know, they swooped him off a practice squad. I, I can tell you that he has familiarity with the Broncos scheme because he, you know, he came from Brandon Staley, who worked under Vic Fangio as the DC, and now he's the head coach of the Rams. Uh, this is a guy, though, who was relegated to the practice squad for a reason. So if you're expecting all pro type output or even Josie Jewell type output uh, from this linebacker, I think you're going to be sorely. Uh, disappointed Micah Kaiser is his name he's good depth to have but I w- would rather the Broncos focus their energy on getting Baron Browning and Justin Sternod those reps opposite AJ Johnson and let their young guys develop but they needed some guy to bring in I, I thought maybe they would go with uh, Peter Columbai for familiarity but Micah Kaiser works just the same because again he knows Staley's scheme he was a starter I think it was eight games last year for the Rams so he has some experience there I guess it could be worse, but you're not going to replicate the uh, the consistency, uh, the familiarity with Josie Jewell, or the production. You know, matter of factly, he was playing at a pretty high level. I have to admit, and I don't think Micah Kaiser is going to fill that particular void. Yeah, this is uh, as I wrote today because the Broncos made a few other moves. They promoted. Uh, Damaria Crockett, Damaria, how do you spell? I don't even know how you pronounce it. I should probably look into that because that's typically important to me, but I'll say Damaria Crockett, the running back who they elevated twice from the practice squad on game day. You can do that two times without having to expose them to the waiver wire. The third time you can still elevate them to the practice squad, but or from the practice squad to the game day roster, but afterward you got to put them on the waiver wire where a team can claim them. So they go, went ahead and nipped that in the bud and just elevated him to promote him, I should say, to the active roster. And people in Broncos country, Zach, they're yawning a little bit. They're like, Demaria uh, Crockett, we haven't seen him take a single carry yet. Why should we care? He keeps getting promoted because of his uh, special teams acumen. That's what he brings to the table. That's why the Broncos currently value him the way they do. And then they went out and signed, oh, man, I'll butcher this name. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and find uh, – Peter. P- yeah, let's just say Peta, right? Um Hold on, let me see. They, the Broncos PR department was kind enough to send us in their press release pronunciation. Uh, Taumo Peyu? Taumoi Penu. Nailed it. Taumoi Penu. It's a gnarly one. But guys, we're you know he's he's a guy that spent <laughs> training camp with the Broncos. So he's a practice squad. He's going on the practice squad. Uh, Crockett on the active. Kaiser on the active. And that for now, Zach, is what the, how the Broncos are rolling, at least for week three. You know, uh, James Koch, James Koch, sorry if I mispronounced your name there, James, he had a really good point. We signed a linebacker in Kaiser that got beat out by a linebacker we cut. That would be Justin Hollins. Broncos country might remember him. He's actually on the Rams active roster, and Micah Kaiser is on the practice squad. 
But Chad, I was wondering about the Crockett move. I was going to tweet this. Do you think it's an indication that Mike Boone isn't quite ready yet? He's coming close to the window now for activation off short-term IR. I thought he would be ready by now. And I think promoting Crockett to the 53 permanently instead of having him recalled after every week might be a signal that Boone might be a few weeks away. It definitely could be, but the soonest Boone could come back is week four anyway. So this could just simply, because, you know, you got if you go on injured reserve, you have to spend at least three games there. And so I think this is one of those moves where they're like, hey, we're not sure Boone's going to be back week four. And so if we promote Crockett uh, to the game day roster on Sunday and have to expose him to the wire, and then Boone's not able to come back against the Ravens, we're going to be, and he gets claimed, then we're going to be down a guy that we need for special teams. I think it's more so that than necessarily Boone being behind schedule, but we'll know more on that front, I guess, once we get to, once we get through Sunday's game, Zach, we'll kind of start getting a bead for where Mike Boone's really at. And I can't wait to see him because, look, I was a little um, underwhelmed by the signing, but then he was a freaking star of OTAs, of training camp. Then he gets hurt during one of the two joint practices with the Vikings, and we haven't really gotten to see him take a carry yet, Zach, as a Bronco. So I think when he does come back, he is a guy that they're going to work. He, he'll be a special teams guy, no doubt, but he will, I think, swoop a few carries, a few touches from uh, Gordon and Pookie. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of special teams, that's really working out well for the Broncos, isn't it? <laughs> Having Crockett out there, I mean, it doesn't really make a difference. And I really can't remember one carry he's taken. Maybe I should watch the games more closely, but it seems like 100% of carries are going to Gordon and Williams anyway. So they could have got by to me one more week before Boone was eligible to return by, again, promoting Crockett and then recalling it back to the practice squad. I think permanently putting him on the 53 now a week before Boone's supposed to come back might be an ominous sign for the latter. Maybe that's just me, though. Shout out to all of our new subscribers and just how much, how quickly, Zach, this channel on YouTube has grown. We appreciate each and every one of you who are giving us a, a sub and supporting what we do here, whether you're lurking in the background, watching the videos, uh, listening to the live streams, or if you're actively participating. Each and every one of you are numbered in our hearts. We appreciate you. And Man, I remember, Zach, in the middle of the pandemic summer when we hit 7K and we were like, man, yep. unbelievable. <laughs> it's just so cool. So thank you, guys. And Joey, where do you find the meeting Sunday? It's going to be right outside of the stadium uh, to the southwest. Big blue tent, tailgate sector. It's going to say mile high huddle. You won't have any problems finding us. Yeah, I got a sneak peek of the tent today. Chad sent me a picture. It, it is so dope, guys. It is unmistakable. As soon as you see it in the Empower Field parking lot, feel free to come over. We cannot wait to see you guys Sunday. can't believe it's already here. Michaela, I just don't want you to think we're keeping you waiting too long. Thank you so much for the super. We're going to handle some matters of business, and then yours is the first topic we're going to grab on the other side. We can't uh, go too much farther into this <clears throat> into this show, Zach, without – saying thank you and hello to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast. And, of course, that is BetQL. Guys, if you have caught the bug of this, the new, I guess we'll say, American uh, sports betting gambling wave, guys, if you want to make sure you're in the best position possible to win your bets on a game-in, game-out basis, you have got to go to the App Store or Google Play right now while you're listening to this podcast and download the BetQL app. Number one, 
they have their best bets computer model. This is like giving you the analytics. This is how the Broncos beat the Raiders. They got the analytics. Their uh, best bets model, <clears throat> pardon me, scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you the best bet recommendation. And that's for every game across all major sports. Gives you the logic on why you should place the bet so you're never flying blind. And their model, BetQL, it covers everything from spreads, over-unders, and of course, player prop bets. Yeah, BetQL provides the sharp data so you can see who the pros are backing as well as line movement so you can jump on the betting opportunities in real time. BetQL offers team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and the over-under as well as breaking news when lineups change and injury statuses are updated. Plus, guys, you can save all of your picks in one place with BetQL to track your success and winning streaks and view your rank on BetQL's leaderboards. Easy money. I've never been much of a, a gambling man, a betting man, but I'm telling you right now, as as I've seen the tools and they, you know, gift us a subscription for for being uh, one of our sponsors, and I'm seeing how much of a no-brainer it is, guys. Like you'll, it's unbelievable what uh, BetQL can do for you. So give yourself that betting edge on game day. Head to the App Store or Google Play right now. Download the BetQL app and just make sure that you use. The code MHH at checkout, and you will get 25% off any of BetQL subscription offerings or navigate on a browser to try.betql.co slash MHH. Easiest thing to remember, download the app, use the code MHH. And last thing, Broncos country, be sure to check out BetQL's BetMGM offer in the description of this video in order to receive a free year of BetQL. Download the BetQL app and use the code MHH at checkout for 25% off and arm yourself with all the weapons you need to beat your bookie on game day. I uh, come with good tidings, gang. We are here on the 22nd day of September, and we are now 70% to our goal on Facebook of reaching 250,000 stars. If, when we reach that goal, we will raffle off a Justin Simmons jersey, and it will be raffled. Those in the running are only those who contributed to the stars goal. So if you want your name in the hat, throwing down stars is the best way to do it. Zach, we are 70% of the way there. We still got a, a you know a gap to bridge. We've got about a week left to, to get that remaining 30%. But let me tell you who's going to end up having the most tickets in the hat when we reach goal. Guys, we have a new leader on the board, and you might have guessed it. It's Michael Ronquillo at the top, just throwing down like a boss. He wants that jersey, and he's going to have pretty good odds of being the name drawn out of the hat with the number that he has uh, supported. Also, Samisi Muti at two, Zeus McPeak at three, Randy Jones at four, Joshua Shadow at five, Travis Weber at six, the legend himself, Gary Leeds Palmer at seven, Claude Riley at eight, Chris Hernandez at nine, and then Shane Daniels at 10. And you can see just a few of the names here uh, just outside the top 10. But guys, unlike last month, we're not going to limit our giveaway and the participation and small things we can do to give back to our community, to only the Facebook community. We are also, of course, including YouTube. And the way we're doing it with YouTube, since they don't do quite as good a job as Facebook does to track this stuff, we're making it simple. We're tracking it ourselves, and we're going to take the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of September, and they are going to, whoops, I got to go back here, stand by, and they are going to have the tickets in the hat, and they're also in the running for a Justin Simmons jersey, and it's Michaela Parker, the Duchess, who we're going to grab right on the other side of this at the very top right now, Chris Hernandez at two, so he's in the running on, on both. 
Uh, Mark Langley at three, Zeus at four in the running on both, and then Seth Harmon five. And for those wondering, you know, who's on the rise? How can I get back into the top five? The Queen's at six, Kiaka's at seven, Naj at eight and rising. And here's just a few of the names. So shout out to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for everything you do for us. And we'll yeah. see when this month resolves, Zach, who ends up being the top five and whose names go into that hat. But let's grab the Duchess. Michaela, it's only a couple of days away now. We get to meet you, you face to face. We are stoked. Hopefully all the swag that we sent your way will end up getting there just in the nick of time. I've seen a couple of uh, shipping notifications the last few days. I got my fingers crossed, but she says, hey, Priest, I have two topics for you today. One, should you trade for linebacker Jamie Collins? And two, did you guys see that NFL.com ranked Teddy Bridgewater as the number 15 QB? Thoughts? Uh, Zach, why don't you start with number one? <laughs> I, I don't like the idea. Jamie Collins, um, I, he's expensive. I think he's overrated. He's getting up there. I, I'm pretty sure in age as well. And again, if you're so desperate for another player, you have a younger guy. You have two younger guys at outside linebacker that can step up for Bradley Chubb. And you have Malik Reed, who Fangio is high on. And you have uh, Jonathan Cooper, who Fangio is high on. And if you're looking for an inside linebacker, you have Sternod, who looks like he's going to be a, a, a future starter. And you have Baron Browning, who, by the way, they're thinking of converting him to outside linebacker as well, Browning, so to make up for the loss of Chubb. So between those three or four players, you can cover the loss of Josie Jewell and Bradley Chubb. I would not give up draft capital, nor would I take on Collins' contract in a, in a trade. The idea of Teddy being at 15, I think that's just a sign of, Zach, the NFL kind of being in a show-me uh, posture with regard to Teddy, like – just like we've been, who couldn't be impressed by what Teddy has done through two games. But I think they're being a little bit more pragmatic and um, resisting the the hype train in terms of really, hey, you beat the Giants handily and you beat the Jags handily. Let's see how you if you can also handle the Jets and then really the test is going to come week four. If the Broncos manage to come out on top against the Baltimore Ravens, Zach, it's going to end up being a true – I mean, whatever modest hype Broncos fans feel right now for Teddy Bridgewater, it's going to go through the roof. Modest hype? I mean, I've seen Teddy is the number one quarterback in the NFL, and he has a higher QBR through two weeks than Patrick Mahomes, who's number three. Guys, these rankings through two regular season games are very premature. Nothing tells the full story here. So I would have to see the list. I would have to see who's ranked ahead of Teddy Bridgewater, behind Teddy Bridgewater. But we've always said, whether it's Locke, Bridgewater, Brett Rippon, doesn't matter. If the Broncos quarterback can be a top 16 guy in the NFL, they're going to go very far with their defense. So if he's 15, it might seem like a slight to the Teddy fans out there, but the Broncos would take that because that would mean more than likely a playoff berth. I'm just realizing, Zach, that the graphic that our guy Jake, who's normally money in the bank, and he is money in the bank. He's phenomenal. One too many zeros on the twelve thousand meme. So we got to get. We're going to get that one edited and re reposted. Literally hit my inbox right be right as we were going live. And so uh, we'll get we'll get a new one out there. But either way, Jake does great work. Um, it's just foreshadowing. We'll have one hundred and twenty thousand soon will. enough. So I mean, it's matter of course it will happen. Quickly, shout out to Albert. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. One of our great supporters, longtime supporters. We're going to see him on Sunday. It's going to be dope. Um, Thought I was having a stroke there. Different all right. Language. Well, yeah, he's uh, he's from uh, 
the Netherlands originally. I thought it said good evening, and it was a whole bunch of scribble jib jab words. I don't know. Is it the brain. Netherlands? Not not Denmark. What's the other one with is Dutch Holland? It's either the Netherlands or Holland. Forgive me. You know, you know I love you, Albert. Now I'm trying I'm I'm questioning my own my own uh, sanity on this one. But here's Maurice. Appreciate you being with us, Maurice. He says, What type of offense will we be looking at this week? I hope not too conservative and vanilla in hopes of trying to avoid injuries. Broncos don't do clever very well. Hashtag don't be clever. I don't know, man. It's uh I think Zach it's hard to say because these first two opponents have really sold out to stop the run. And so the Broncos, credit to Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater, they've done a good job to kind of riff on that and counter it to a point where opponents have paid for really playing the Broncos um, dishonestly in a, in a way. So if the Jets see and recognize and go, look, if we follow suit with the Giants and the Jags, He's just going to beat us through the air, so we're, we're going to play him a little bit more straight up. And if that's how it shakes out, you could see Melvin Gordon in the in the thin air of Mile High and Pookie Williams really go off the chain on Sunday. By the way, right on cue here, you know, I just mentioned this, Todd, a few minutes ago or like you know a minute ago, the whole QBR through two weeks. It, it is impressive, but it's only two weeks. And that's a really made-up stat, QBR, that ESPN you know fancies itself around. About the offense, this could be a really easy day at the office for the Broncos. The Jets are terrible. I would venture to say they're worse than the Jaguars, certainly worse than the Giants. Uh, the Patriots moved the ball at will against them last week. It didn't show up on the scoreboard too much because they have Mac Jones at quarterback, and I would take Teddy over, over Mac Jones any day of the week. This should be a game the running game gets going, you know, cruising to near 200 yards. Teddy has another uh, very productive, very efficient, accurate day. It should be a blowout victory, but I will continue using the words and prefacing by saying should be until proven otherwise. Still a pretty inferior opponent, and they should impose their will from the opening whistle against New York's defense. By the way, shout out to Randy Jones. Thank you for the stars, my brother. Thank you to Michael, Andrew, Nathan. What's up, buddy? Thank you. Travis Tarbox. What's good? Eddie Wright. Randy, I know we're... uh, Probably going to miss you at the meet and greet on Sunday, but there will be more to come. And when that time comes, hopefully at least one of these times in the future, we'll be able to to meet you face-to-face, shake your hand, hang out for a little bit, and, and chat. Now, this is egregious. I hadn't seen this list. That is ridiculous. I, I, I'm, I'll never be confused with a, a Teddy lover, but to put him behind Daniel Jones, who is such a bad quarterback – it's ESPN being ESPN. How much more I can say about that? Was it ESPN or is it NFL.com? I think one was NFL.com and one was ESPN. Apparently okay. there's two rankings. Okay. That's ridiculous. Right. We'll, we'll look into it. That might be worthy of a write-up for us to just kind of dunk on the, the redonkulousness of that. Come on now. All right. Let me see. Uh, it's always a good time. Let me see where we're at here. Um, checking the chat. Big Earn's in the house. Good to see you, Big Earn. Uh, Vincent with a very generous super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. He says, the Broncos special teams is like a bad restaurant. They can change the ingredients all they want, but until they fire the cook, the food will always stink. Fire Tom McMahon. Man, you've been watching some Gordon Ramsay or something (laughs) on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, you wonder. You do wonder. Fangio has stood behind him up to this point. I mean, the closest thing he's really said to anything relative to the Tom McMahon hue and cry, the pitchforks and whatnot is we remain committed to improving our special teams. What, what else is new? You know, water's wet. 
sky's blue. Vic Fangio is standing behind Tom McMahon, and they're committed to improving special teams. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous. I didn't come up with that analogy because that's so perfect. I've been saying the same thing. You can change out the players. You can try this or that. But until you cut... What what was the old Greg Williams during Bounty Gate? If you cut off the head, the snake will die. I, I, I don't mean to put it in such graphic terms with Tom McMahon, but figuratively, until you cut off the head, meaning fire Tom McMahon, I don't see that side of the ball improving. They've spent the entire offseason to this point replenishing that side of the ball aiding Tom McMahon. And what happens? Special teams breakdowns, egregious kick return touchdowns. It's not going to change until Vic Fangio takes a stand. He's not taking it so fast, though. Joey, looking forward to seeing you. He says he's traveling to Denver from Washington, D.C. for Going to be at the meet and greet. Stoked, dude. We look forward to seeing you. Yes. Uh, Michael, what's going on, brother? Appreciate everything you do for us, buddy. Good evening to you as well. And also a shout-out to Greg Smith. Rocking still his Let Him Hate shirt. Like a boss, dude. Like a, a loyal, absolute stud. Thank you, Greg. Greg, where are you on Tedham hate? How do you feel about that? Yeah, maybe we just kind of go, you know, like from Gladiator on the whole Tedham hate, do we use it? Let's see what Greg says. If Greg <laughs> says use it, we go like this. If he says nah, then it's down. Uh, Isaiah, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. He says, what's up, fellas? What are your early feelings on the interior O-line, Cushenberry, Reisner, Glasgow, Muti? Seem to struggle at times. Love the show. MHH, hashtag state of being. Appreciate that, brother. Well, Eric Trickle has produced uh, two film breakdowns this week covering the Broncos' offensive line in Jacksonville. The, there will be a third installment that drops tomorrow. And I'll tell you, it hasn't been too flattering on the interior, that trio. And But here's the thing. I wouldn't jump to too many conclusions. They, they definitely need to... Uh, you know, step it up, Zach. But again, it's kind of been artificially inflated by the way teams have tried to attack the Broncos. So it's like, you know, this is not some kind of great wall. If you completely stack the box and throw numbers at these dudes, hey, it's it's going to come out in the wash on some level. But I'll tell you what, Lloyd Cushenberry hasn't seemed to take the type of strides we wanted to see. Dalton Reisner, not starting off this season on – on a good foot whatsoever. I think you might have nailed it, Chad. They took a a, a player at a, a one position. They tried making him play an in unnatural position. That might be the problem with Dalton Reisner. I'll agree on Reisner. I'll agree on Glasgow played okay in week one. Moody had his struggles, even though he's great at run blocking. I, I'm still a bigger Cushionberry fan than you and Eric, though. I think he has taken a stride in year two. You don't hear his name too much, and he's working with another quarterback, Chad. That's two years in the NFL and two different starting quarterbacks and two different styles at quarterback as well. So among the front five, Bobby Massey has impressed me for the most part. Garrett Bowles, crazy to say, has been Garrett Bowles, meaning consistent. But Cushionberry right there in the middle at the pivot, I think he's done a pretty good job. And guys, whatever your view on it might be, all right, this season is young. Anyone who has not quite lived up to expectations at whatever position has plenty of rope and time to turn the ship around. Travis, good to see you, buddy. He says, just hope we can keep this winning train rolling. And then Travis Weber saying, hey, Chad, still watching out for the hat. Can't wait to put it on. I'll check to see uh, the shipping on that, dude. You should have gotten it by now, I would think. So I'll, whoop, I will double check that, brother. Um, thank you for letting me know. Tony. D.A. Dub from uh, the City of Angels jumping in. Longtime superstar. What's up, Tony? Hope you're doing well. Hope the business is thriving. He says, what's up, fellas? Can't wait till Sunday. 
Love it, dude. Any possible trade target that you see the Broncos making due to the Chubb and Jewel injuries? Nothing in particular jumps out to me on this, Zach, although I do know that if there's an opportunity um, that George Payton sees as being rife for the Broncos, like he's going he's gonna to at least explore it. I just don't think they're going to really try and reinvent the wheel at this stage. I mean, Chubb, look, it sucks he went down, and Malik Reed is no Chubb, but the guy that's taken his place, Zach, led the team in sacks last right. year. So, I mean, it sucks. I'm more worried about off-ball right now because you have Vaughn back. Now, if you didn't have – if this was last year and Chubb goes down and all you've got is Malik and a couple of rookies, man, sound the alarm, get on the phone – you know, wheel and deal. But I think the Broncos are going to try and kind of bear down and ride this one out for a week or two. And they have a little room. You know, they have this coming week against the Jets. If they take care of their business, you're at 3-0. and And if you lose to Baltimore, hey, you're 3-1, and ending basically the first quarter of the season. You bought yourself some time. You bought yourself some rope to explore some of those options. You guys should know by now that Vic Fangio – uh, doesn't place an overarching emphasis on inside linebacker. The fact they drafted Baron Browning when they did is is, is remarkable in the Vic Fangio era. And I think they kind of tip their hand as to what they want to do at outside and inside linebacker because they already picked up the Rams guy, Chad. They, they're con- considering converting Baron Browning at OLB. He can play ILB. They picked up PETA again. They made moves already to compensate for the losses. And to your point, how much are you really missing with Bradley Chubb? Seriously, I mean, on paper, he's a dynamic threat opposite Von Miller, but in reality, he wasn't playing all that well when he was playing. And like you said, Malik Reed, between him and Cooper and maybe Baron Browning, I think they can make up the slack for what uh, Chubb leaves behind. Dave from Georgia, what's going on, brother? Good to see you. Longtime superstar. Appreciate you, bro. He says, I'm showing some love for the best Broncos pod in the land. Salute. What has to happen for Tom McMahon to be fired? Hashtag Broncos Country State of Me. The, the pictures have to come out, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> National Enquirer, get on it. Yeah, just lean into the buzzsaw, John Elway. You know, just get it done and, you know, you'll maybe exercise that demon and feel better afterward and no longer be beholden to. I mean, we're joking, of course, but don't know, man. Wish we had an answer for you on that front. I think uh, he's going to go down. I think the entire coaching staff is tied at the hip. Fangio, if he goes down, is going down with Pat Shermer. If he goes down, he's going down with Tom McMahon. Though I think if there's going to be a scapegoat at some point this season, it's got to be McMahon. If they keep allowing kick return touchdowns and springing leaks every which way, how do you look the media in the eye? How do you look the fan base in the eye and keep that coach around? At some point, Chad, Fangio has to exercise accountability. He runs away from that, but it's inevitable at this point. Here's Andrew Baker. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you for everything. He says, it's okay to play not to lose against easier teams, even though we did aggressive plays uh, the first two games because we had to. But with the good teams, we have to play to win. Hashtag MHH for life, uh, DB for life. I, I don't think, no offense, Andrew, I don't think that's really fair to say that we played not to lose in those games. I mean, the Broncos stomped both opponents by two scores. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, what what was that stat, Scott? Two, second in the league in air yards through the first two weeks. I mean, this dude is, he's flipping all of the Teddy stereotypes on their ear. And Vic Fangio's along for the ride, you know? he's He's never seen a fourth down he doesn't love, you know, that he doesn't want to go for it. So, I just I can't quite go with you on them playing 
you know, not to win in those two games. But I do think you're going to see them continue to kind of maintain Zach an aggressive posture, especially against a first-year head coach there in New York and a rookie quarterback. I think you're going to see the Vic Fangio put the screws to these guys. I, I think Andrew's point is it's easier to take candy from a baby on a playground than it is from a man in a biker bar. You know, I mean, you are beating up on inferior teams, and they should have looked that good. I disagree with playing not to lose. There have been some drives where I question Pat Shermer's play calling, but through two weeks, he's actually game-planning to beat the opponents. They're taking chances down the field, and like Chad said perfectly, Teddy Bridgewater is dispelling every narrative against him. He's a check-down artist. He has doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have the... The, the fortitude to go long, I mean, he is checking every box right now, and so is Pat Shermer, but the real test will come when the opponent, you know, quality rises, and that won't happen until week four. Um, guys, if you didn't know this, Josie Jewell's done for the season, just FYI, torn peck. Nathan, what's good, buddy? Thank you for the stars. He says, what up, Priest? We hear about coaches' records versus uh, rookie quarterbacks. Is this overrated? Aren't the teams that are in position to draft and start these rookie quarterbacks usually bad teams? Great show, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a, um, it can be a deceptive statistic if you try and hang your hat on it. But we've seen Vic Fangio lose to a rookie quarterback, and it came his first year. Uh, he lost to uh, Gardner Minshew in Denver. He lost to Justin Herbert last year. I'm trying to think who else rookie-wise. I think that's it off the top of my head, but either way, it is a slightly, it can be a deceptive stat, Zach. It can, because look at the Niners and Trey Lance. When he starts this year, not if, I mean, are they a bad team? No, but they had the draft positioning and enough foresight to look down the road and get their franchise quarterback in waiting. Most of the time, they're bad teams, but not all of the time, like Chad said. Good to see you, Ronnie. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Hope we'll uh, see you on Sunday. That would be even better. Um, Eddie Wright, appreciate you, bro those stars uh pete mccrack or uh, pat pardon me patrick mccracken says teddy looks amazing so far this year his deep balls to sutton last week i mean sold on teddy i even like the long ball he missed to sutton uh early on in the game yeah so far so good i mean there's very few bones i can pick with teddy through two games i mean honestly the dude has absolutely um exceeded my expectations and think about how good his numbers would look even better if K.J. Hamler could catch in week one and Cortland Sutton wasn't being molested in week two. I mean, he, he was delivering dimes in the bucket 50 yards down the field. That's why I'm saying he made a fan out of me through two weeks. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. 
Albert, as you can see, I, I, I wasn't a uh, geography major, so thank you for letting me know. Netherlands and Holland, it's the same country. But yes, I was right, and I was wrong, but I was right. Appreciate that uh, clarity, my friend. Um, okay, let me see here. Daniel Garcia in the house. What's up, bro? He says, hey, fellas, and thank you for the super. Finally caught a live one tonight. Keep up the good work, guys, for the gigs. How fun would a uh, Philip Javante running game be, Philip Lindsay? You know, you could come, you could concoct all kinds of uh, sugar plum fairies in your head on that one. But you know, if if Philip Lindsay is retained, you're not, you're probably not drafting Javante right. Williams in the second round if you're George Payton. Right. So, you know, sometimes things um, play out for a reason. You know, they happen for a reason even if in the moment doesn't shake out the way you wanted it to shake out, then in retrospect, you realize, Oh, and then that was great. And in this case, I'm not saying that's the, you know, the resolution quite yet. It's still too early in the game, but Zach, we saw Javante against a stack box run super hard last week. And whereas some of those slightly bigger gains were uh, not really there against the giants, started popping uh, popping them off a little bit against the Jags. And I think that's only going to continue as Teddy makes teams pay for selling out to stop the run. And meanwhile, everybody wins because Phillip Lindsay's exactly. down there scoring touchdowns every week for the Houston Texans. Exactly. Yeah, I've been tracking Lindsay the last couple of weeks. I have like weekly tweets about his progress. And, you know, he's actually catching passes for touchdowns now, Chad. He can actually, you know, do that with his hands. It, it, it's one of the rare situations. I still don't agree with it. I definitely miss Phil a lot, but it's one of the rare situations where it worked out well for both sides. He's killing it in Houston right now, and the Broncos ended up with not just Javante, but Mike Boone, who you mentioned, Chad, was showing really well in OTAs before he got injured. So I wish Phil the best, but I'm happy the Broncos ended up with who they did in his place. All right, so, Ronnie, where are we meeting Sunday? All right. Southwest of the stadium. Big old tent. Basically where you see the players come in through the front of the building, you'll, we're, we'll be on a little hill overlooking that kind of um, tailgate section, parking lot, tailgate, whatever. It's tailgate. It's not technically a parking lot, but it is a parking lot at the same time. So, guys, I'm telling you right now, you don't, you're not going to have to get your cardio in to find us. Trust. Okay? It's look for the big blue tent. Big Mile High Huddle logo, state of being. You'll see all the markers, and uh, come say hi. Can't wait to see you guys. All right. Um, the time um, has come to do a quick update before we get much farther into the show to say thank you, shout out those who are throwing down, supporting the cause. We've gotten many of their topics and questions already tonight, but just so everyone sees where they stand in the rankings on tonight. Uh, tonight's live stream on stars on Facebook really quick. Going to do a shout out to everyone. That's, I mean, we got some hard flexes over here, guys running and gunning for the rankings. Randy Jones at the top. Thank you, brother. Michael right behind him. Andrew Baker, Nathan, Steve Lazuski, And then we got Travis Tarbox and we've got Eddie Wright. And we'll do another update on this guys uh, before we end tonight's live stream podcast. So everyone sees how you finished for today, but thank you so much for the support guys. It means a ton. And we are inching closer to the 250 K. I mean, we started tonight at 70%. Uh, we've got, you know, seven and a half days to go. 
So I think I feel pretty good that we can that we can get there. Uh, okay, Zach. The uh, I see a lot of fans starting to question, kind of have that feeling where, you know, are we whistling past the graveyard here? Because even though 2021 the standings are quite different for the Broncos through two weeks, the one thing that is strikingly similar is the number of injuries to key players this team has has lost early. Is this something that you see ending up turning out like 2020 when it, in the final analysis? Or do you think this is, like Justin Simmons said today, like Von Miller has said more than once, and like the standings would imply a different team? It is for a couple different reasons. Obviously, the biggest discrepancy between 2020 and 2021 is the depth. You know, when you go from Jerry Judy to Tim Patrick and then Tim Patrick has a hip and you go to from him to KJ Hamler, you know, from Josie Jewell to Sternod, from Chubb to Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper, they didn't have those backup emergency break glass options last year. So that's number one. They're in a, a good place. Number two, and I hate to say this about Judy or Bradley Chubb or Josie Jewell, they haven't lost a foundational piece yet. And I'm knocking wood right now. It doesn't happen. But before the season, Chad, Von Miller stepped wrong, done for the year. That took such a, a emotional and psychological toll on the team. And then Cortland Sutton goes down in week two. Combine that with new coaching. Combine that with inconsistent quarterbacking and not having your your leader out there and Von Miller on defense. I think that's a difference. They can weather the storm right now. Now, that being said, though, they can't survive many more of these injuries. They can't survive, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater going down or Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams going down or Simmons or Von Miller going down. They can weather it as of now because they have the depth, but they can't also blow through the depth by week three either. So it's kind of a fine line to walk, and they need luck to be on their side a little more than it has been. Yes, indeed. Um, the injuries are piling up. But that's what's different this time is you have some wherewithal under center and, and in terms of like keeping people focused, committed, excited, leading guys. And like with Drew last year, early on when things when when dudes started dropping, he was one of them. And so it's hard to kind of lead the charge when you're also in the freaking tub, basically, right? Alongside everyone else getting hurt. So, you know, I think this year it's gonna shake out differently for the Broncos. This is, you know, unlikely to be some stunning 13-14 win season, but just like we said, and even more so, we said before the season started, we get, you know, people want to say that we were completely hating on Teddy and we didn't have word one good to say about Teddy Bridgewater before he won the uh, starting job and all that. It's not true. Both of us said from the time he was signed here and gave props to George Payton that, hey, you raised the floor in the quarterback room. We could see this team winning enough games to make the playoffs with either quarterback. But the, the cool thing about our position on Teddy is that he's exceeded our expectations early on, Zach. So it follows, right, logically that the Broncos as a team could go on to exceed those very expectations and be a double-digit uh, game winner in 2021. We'll see. It also helps if injuries take hold and you're, you're locked into close games. Look around the NFL. There's a kicking pandemic. There's there's so many bad kickers blowing routine kicks. Look at the Vikings, for example, a game-winning attempt against the Cardinals. The Broncos have 
back to McMoney in McManus through two games this season, so they can count on that. And also, what they didn't have last year, if, God forbid, more injuries struck, they have, what, $30 million in salary cap space right now? They were more pressed up against the cap in 2020, so if, God forbid, someone went down, they have the resources to refill that need with an outside addition. Eddie says, Lindsey looked good in Houston, but I'm impressed with Williams. Looks like a nice draft pick. What are your thoughts? Agreed. Yeah, I mean... I always am going to slightly question drafting a uh, running back in the first round. In the second round, I can live with it. After they had moved on from uh, Phil and you take Javante there, you move up to grab him. I was a little bit, I had a few misgivings just because, you know, it's been, it had been a long time since the Broncos had hit on a running back in rounds one or two. And it was basically Clinton Portis was, I mean, you, you could say Tatum Bell, but he was so short-lived and really only had one, well, two productive seasons, I guess, for the Denver Broncos. But it had been such a long time. Monte Ball, right? Uh, Royce Freeman. I'm missing several between Clinton Portis and Javante Williams. But I think the Broncos are due. And this is a kid that, you know, he runs with power. He runs with aggression. Like, he's pissed off. Every guy that comes at him, you know, said something about his mother pregame or something. Like, this dude is a man with a mission. And what's been really cool to see, Zach, is how well he's done on third down. And I'm not necessarily talking about catching passes. I'm talking about trucking dudes in pass pro. Like, that has just been phenomenal to see and speaks to the brain this dude has. Speaks to the football IQ on Javante Williams because that's typically not something you see young running backs show a proficiency in early on because their head is still so swimming with the blocking assignments and everything else. Like, or uh, the blocking assignments in terms of being a ball carrier that now you get to blocking assignments as a pass pro guy and recognizing, you know, where a leaker or pardon me, a rusher might come that you might need to step up and handle. It's just a lot to juggle for young guys and he's doing it with a plumb. And you know, what's so great about Javante. We haven't seen his ceiling. Hell, we haven't even seen his window yet as an NFL running back, Chad. He, he is only going to get better and better and better in his first year, in his second year, and, and so forth. Uh, I thought he was a great draft pick, and I thought, and I still think now, especially so, they got the RB1 in this past draft class. I watched Najee Harris against the Raiders. He, he's the Steelers running back. He's not more impressive to me, and he was a first-round guy than Javante is. Javante is a mini Marshawn Lynch. And you put that in this offense with the other weapons, I, it's it's a fun operation when it gets going. And he's going to get better and better and better. Uh, by the way, guys, just reminding you in case you missed the very top of the show, on the YouTube contest for September, top five finishers on Super Chat in the running for the Justin Simmons jersey. Here's what it uh, looked like going into tonight's stream with Michaela at number one, Chris Hernandez at two, Mark Langley at three, Zeus himself at four, and Seth Harmon at five with just a few names like Christy, Kiaka, Naj, Casey, uh, Brian, just outside the top five. And that's cumulative. So the the top five cumulative finishes uh, for superstars. Patrick says, do you guys think Locke is learning a lot behind Teddy? And so when Locke gets another shot, he'll be more polished. I would hope so. And he has said as much. Like, I think that's one of the reasons. I don't want to give Teddy too much credit for this. Um, because I think it probably was more, you know, the, the the strides we saw from Drew in training camp and preseason were probably more a reflection of simply his time on task. I mean, the the number of live bullets that he was able to play through as a rookie and then in year two, his time with Peyton Manning 
And then combine that, though, with seeing a true pro like Teddy come in and just the way he interacted with brand-new teammates, many of whom he didn't know from Adam, I think that definitely rubbed off on Drew. And, you know, he even admitted himself that he's learned a lot just watching Teddy, just being around Teddy. So does that end up helping him become more polished? I would like to think so, but time will tell. You know, the biggest thing for Drew is poise, you know, under fire. Drew Locke, when the chips are down and, you know, four or five 300-pound dudes are coming at you and things are breaking down and whatnot, do you have the presence of mind and the poise and the, the, just the calm to execute? And he's flashed at times the, pro- the propensity to do that, Zach, but it just hasn't been consistent enough to serve him the way the Broncos wanted to, to see it. Yeah, I don't think this is a question we can really answer yet. And Patrick, I'm assuming you're saying when Locke gets a shot with another team. It's not when Locke gets a shot with the Broncos again. But, you know, it's fair to wonder, can a Leopard change its spots? Are you expecting Locke to suddenly play like Teddy Bridgewater? It's probably never going to happen. They're two different quarterbacks. They're wired in two different, completely, two completely different ways. Um, I think he learned to be a more, I would say, stable quarterback to take what's there and, and maybe check it down. But we won't know until we see him in action. One thing we do know, seeing him on the sideline, it's not the Joe Flacco syndrome. He's not hanging his head. He's not sulking. He is having fun winning with this team. And I like to see that because it puts to bed the narrative that he wasn't about football. He was he would rather dance on the sideline. He wants to win. He's all about the game. And if that means supporting Teddy as his backup, He's doing so with aplomb, to quote you, Chad. Uh, James saying here, and by the way, shout out to Denise. Thank you for the stars on Facebook. We need as many great, passionate, knowledgeable female Broncos fans in our community as we can get. And we've got some great ones from Christy uh, to Michaela to Bobby to, uh, I mean, I could think of uh, quite a few prominent ones, but there's room for more. Uh, James says, did uh, Josie tear his peck flexing and celebrating after the big hit? Zach, I have been mystified no one has asked this to my knowledge up to this point of Vic Fangio but it appears to me that's what happened do I know that for sure I do not but I think he might have because he made that hit and popped up like it was no big deal and then he did the big like flex thing right Peck could have gotten torqued weird or whatever shreds I wonder and I I have a suspicion that it was and that there's a reason why the Broncos haven't addressed that head on because it's you know, smacks of, uh, who was it, Grammatica, the kicker, the Torres ACL celebrating a kick. And it's also a bad look on the coaching staff having your starting inside linebacker on special teams. I don't care what anybody says. It was it was a bad decision by Vic Fangio. I, I would tend to think, though, it probably came on the hit and maybe adrenaline in that moment, Chad, you know, held off the pain yeah, while he celebrated. Um, so I'm not going to speculate. Hopefully it's not the case, though. Absolutely could be. Uh, Naj in the house. And he's going to be there. Let us know uh, yesterday, I think it was, Zach, that he's yep. making the trip. He's going to be in Denver for Sunday. Looking Very stoked. We're thrilled to hear that. Um, he said, and thank you for the super, bro. He says, hey, and, you know, you're you're up there, dude. You're currently ranked uh, number eight in the YouTube contest, FYI, Naj, and climbing. So this is going to help you. He says, hey, brothers, I've been reading that the interior of the offensive line has struggled. <laughs> It's hard to tell watching the games. What are you seeing there, especially as the schedule toughens? Um, I think it's going to improve for the most part because I think, again, one of the big things that has 
kind of artificially inflated how much the interior trio has struggled. Two things, Graham Glasgow missing last week and then teams really not playing the Broncos straight up. You know, they have sold out in a big, bad way to stop the run. And so when you load that many guys in the box on first and second down, it's an, it becomes a numbers game. You know, none of these guys are Hercules. I mean, Natani Muti might be able to lift like Hercules, but, you know, keeping it rational and reasonable, when you're dealing with uh, two guys on one more often than, than not, like it's going to come out on the watch. So I'm, I'm not jumping to any conclusions yet. I think Zach is my point here. Yeah. Has it been good? No. The interior has not been good the first two games. Broncos have been able to survive despite it. So if they don't kind of solidify as teams start playing the Broncos a little more honestly, then I'll truly be alarmed. And I think it's worth pointing out as well that Fangio said uh, Graham is fine. Graham Glasgow with his heart arrhythmia, and he looks to hopefully come back in the starting lineup in week three against the Jets. I'm not pressing the panic button, and I'm, you know, I'm not – panicking or celebrating really anything that much through two weeks let it play out a little longer it's still another combination of your starting five that's a new there's a new you know a a cog in there Bobby Massey at right tackle uh now you have Moody stepping in for Glasgow at right guard uh Cushenberry's holding his own at center uh Dalton Reisner struggling at left guard and uh and Garrett Bowles is the one stable component at left tackle. I think it'll get better as it goes on, but at least having Teddy in there, holding things down, showing that poise and that leadership, it could mask a lot of deficiencies that are otherwise would have shown. Uh, Alfonso jumping in, a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome. Thank you, Alfonso. Connect with us on Twitter. Keep the conversation going there with us, and we like to shout out our, our superstars and supporters after each stream. He says that Javante Williams gives him Alvin Kamara vibes, which I can totally see. Yeah. And Teddy compared right. him to Alvin Kamara during uh, training camps. Act. Yeah, and Fangio said Edron James. So if if he falls even anywhere near either of those comparisons, the Broncos are in great shape. Michaela says, does anyone else like Sandy Clough? And if, if you guys don't live in Denver and you don't know who she's talking about, Sandy Clough is the longest tenured radio host, sports radio host anyway, in the market for 104.3 The Fan. He's been there since – he predated Elway arriving. He, he's been there since the 70s. And he's kind of a, uh, you know, stogy, old, uh, you know, stick in the mud, pragmatic type guy, black and white on the numbers, never succumbs to hype one way or the other. Always straight down the middle in terms of like, you're, you're not getting known. If you listen to a take from Sandy Clough, you can rest assured he's not trying to blow smoke up your skirt, up anyone's skirt. He's telling you like it is. I've always been an admirer of what Sandy does, although I know not everyone. Uh, appreciates the wh- who I would I concur the great Sandy Clough I think he's one of the great all timers and definitely for the Denver market I think there's a, a more of a split reaction though on D Mac Chad <laughs> definitely <laughs> for yep. sure and he courts that you know D Mac yeah. uh, courts controversy and and to his credit though not afraid to ask those tough questions whether it it's works for him. a multi millionaire maybe near billionaire like Roger Goodell or you know guy in the locker room. Uh, Eddie says, uh, Chad and Zach, you guys do a great job. Awesome pod. Thank thanks, bro. Uh, thanks for the great feedback to our questions. Appreciate you both. You got it, dude. Thanks for being here. Uh, Travis Tarbox, do you guys believe we will bring Josie back next year? I hope so. We touched on this Monday night, Zach, when when we were asked. I can't remember who asked us, but hey, does this? how does this injury to Josie being done for the season, how's it going to affect which of the two linebackers, Alexander Johnson or Josie, 
get paid. And on the surface, it seems counterintuitive. You think, oh, that's going to favor AJ. It favors AJ if he goes out and produces like at a really high level this year. If he doesn't, and it's kind of another 2020 version of AJ, and it's kind of like solid run stopper, um, no, no real kind of game-changing plays, just kind of getting by. I honestly think the one that is going to be more likely to be re-signed by the Broncos is Josie Jewell because the Broncos saw that he was – cooking up may perhaps something special this year. Like he looked like he might be ready to turn a corner too few snaps to know for sure. But you, if you can get him on the cheap, if you can say, Hey exactly. Josie, we know you in a contract year, you got hurt. You know, the scheme coaches love you. Let's we're willing to bring you back on a team friendly deal. And he takes like a one year, prove it to come back. That's what I could see happening. Yeah, he'd be certainly cheaper than Alexander would. Even, you know, on a market value contract, what what would AJ Garner, seven, eight million dollars a year? Inside linebackers aren't a cheap position at all on the open market. And you know, to your point as well, AJ, those types of players, two down run thumpers, they're a dime a dozen. They can go find one on the street right now. I'm not saying AJ's a bad player, but Josie was bringing a game changing component to his game. I mean, he was flying in the backfield. He was Holding his own, I would say, in pass coverage, he'll never be confused with uh, Luke Keekley out there. But I think if they had their choice, I think Josie would be the one they bring back, especially now on a one-year, really cheap prove-it deal coming off the injury. All right, let me see here. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, Patrick wants to know, is there any shot at Elway being a part owner of the Broncos next year? I looked up Elway's net worth. It was $150 million. Maybe he goes out and recruits investors. I don't believe that stuff when I see it, by the way, net worth, because vast majority of that stuff is not public knowledge. You know, um, Reading uh, Elway, A Relentless Life, for example, I mean, let's think about how much money he made as a player, not just through his contracts, but his endorsements. And then also as a business person, learned about this in the book by Jason Cole, Elway made over $80 million that first run of dealerships, Zach, that he had in Denver. He sold, made $80 bucks, and then went on to further uh, business interests from the Arena League team that he, the Colorado Crush that he led to Arena League uh, Championship to other dealerships and partnerships and investments and all that. And that doesn't count what he ended up coming back to the NFL and the money that he's made as a VP and then a president of football operations. So it could be $150 million. I'm not necessarily saying that's untrue, but just don't bank that as as Elway's true net worth. I would have a sneaking suspicion that it would be not a lot more than that, but a little bit more than that. And yes, he is actively, from what we hear, according to uh, who who reported it, was it Mike Kliss, I think? Um, he is like Peyton Manning. He is on his own trying to slap together uh, some billionaire <laughs> uh, buying group type things to be a minority owner and be in position anyway, Zach, to where if the Broncos, if, if the Bolin family, it continues to be like a bad version of Game of Thrones and they can't settle on Brittany being the one, the team's going to get sold. And Elway wants to be in a position to capitalize. But I feel like even if you double his net worth, $300 million, it's not enough to buy the Broncos. No. He, they're, they're worth over $3 billion, aren't they, Chad? Yep. And you need to put a chunk down to be the majority owner in that scenario. So he would have to go in with another multi, multi, multi-millionaire or a billionaire. He is not going to be the sole owner of the Denver Broncos. It would be more uh, productive if Peyton and Elway pinched their pennies together and went in together. They would have more of a shot at owning the 
the team, but uh, one individually is not going to do it. Um, for what it's worth, <clears throat> this is a good point. Let's say that that 150, 150 million is every nickel that John Elway has to his name. And even if that is his net worth, by the way, Zach, that doesn't mean it's all liquid either, right? right. But let's just say that it, that it was true. That would be that would get him about four percent of the way to buying the Denver Broncos that are currently valued at three point seven five billion dollars, right? So that's why you got to have a friend that's a, a billionaire, and Elway does know at least one billionaire that he has a decent relationship with. You have to have a friend in a very high place, but that's why I'm saying, like, if Bezos came in, Chad, who makes like two hundred thousand a second, and he's worth like what two hundred billion dollars, whatever, some crazy amount, there's no chance someone that's worth only only two hundred million would have competing against him. All right, guys, uh, it's about time for us to dip on out of here. Unless you guys have any other specific burning topics or questions you want your football priest to get to. And if we do uh, miss whatever might be on your mind this evening, fret not because tomorrow, Thursday, is the Mile High Mailbag. We'll get to whatever's on your mind, and we will take a harder look, a deeper look anyway, at the New York Jets, start looking a little bit closer at Sunday's matchup, and then that'll be the last podcast from us until we see many of you in the flesh on Sunday in Denver outside the stadium for the MHH meet and greet. And so, Zach, as you uh, maybe go through the rundown here, Yep. I will uh, pull together the final tally on Facebook for stars. Yeah, this was the Huddle Up Pod, guys. Another great podcast. It always flies by. I look up, Chad, 56 minutes. It's like we just started. So it's uh, it's a credit to you guys out there. Another great conversation. In the meantime, until we see you guys next time tomorrow night, be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad N. Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a MHH hat. Get yourself a dad hat. Get yourself a t-shirt. Get yourself anything and everything your heart fancies in that store. HuddleUpPod.com. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter and get exclusive instant access to our VIP content, including Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone every single weekend. Uh, also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag aforementioned swag each and every month be like yo colby out there who calls us the number one broncos podcast we appreciate you colby leave those five stars we'll put your name in a hat and we want to give out some swag to you if you are so kind if you haven't already though and and this is the only thing we ask you to do among anything else these three things subscribe like and share this video and every single video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. And the same goes for the articles, guys. When you see it flash across your Facebook feed or your Twitter feed yes. or the YouTube community, a share on that, guys, only can help us reach that many more Broncos fans. We have a lot of people that read our stuff. I mean, uh, as of just a couple days ago when I looked at it, I mean, we've had over 11 million different Broncos fans reading our stuff just in the year 2021, but that could always be a bigger number. We, there's so many more Broncos fans that are out there. Not all of them are as active and passionate as we all might be, right? But they're out there, and we want to reach them, and you can help us. Here's how tonight finished on stars. Randy at number one, Michael number two, Gary number three, Andrew, Travis, Denise jumping in. Appreciate that, Denise. Nathan, Steve Lazuski, and Eddie Wright. Shout out to each and every one of you and much love. Appreciate the support. 
Before we go, though, we also got to say thank you to our sponsor of tonight's live stream pod, BetQL, which is the only app that you're going to need to beat your sports book. Find BetQL's information, gang, in the description of this video, along with the discount code MHH to get 25% off at checkout. And don't forget, you got the special BetMGM offer in the description also to receive a free year of BetQL and other sportsbook sign-up offers and bonuses. And with that, Zach, sign us off, dog. Yes, that's us. That's it for us tonight. Be sure to uh, tune into Broncos for Breakfast tomorrow morning and also the Huddle Up Pod tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, Mile High Mailbag. Look forward to seeing you then to get you ready for Week 3 against the Jets. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.